Welcome. <laughs> this is Scissors and Scrubs. Again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, this week, we're talking about some prison nurses. Oh, prison. What a place to be. I Lots never. Lots of love to be found in prison. I never, ever want to step foot no. in the vicinity of one. It makes me... The talking about it makes yeah, me nervous. Which is what keeps me from committing crime. Yeah. Should we introduce ourselves? Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm Laura. <laughs> I'm Nicole. And we're your nurses. <laughs> we're able to be flying with us tonight. Yeah. Um, so we decided to tell a couple story, couple stories that we found in the news. Well, I found mine on my absolute favorite show, Snapped. Oh, love that Like, show. it's not even named anything normal. It's just Snapped. <laughs> These women just fucking snapped. So it's not like Southern Fried Homicide, Elder Skelter, which is by far my favorite one. Elder Skelter, when old people kill. I've never. You didn't hear of Elder Skelter? No. Elder Skelter. (laughs) Elder Skelter. It's my favorite. So yeah, it's not Elder Skelter, Southern Fried Homicide. No, it's not. It's just snapped. That's what happens. (laughs) Because you get pushed to the limit. limit. So mine was from Snapped. But go ahead. I don't want to. Speaking of Snapped, though. One day I was in my bedroom watching TV like at night and Mike, I'm watching Snaps because I mm-hmm, love that great. show. And he comes in, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, um, I'm watching Snaps. And he's like, oh, oh what's that? So I'm like, it's about TV. women who kill. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and I'm like, and I'm learning. Taking These notes. women make real stupid mistakes. Yeah, I'm not going to make that not mistake. Not happen. It's <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to. Gonna go back Bye. downstairs. <laughs> he like backs out of the room, like I'm Homer go into back the bushes. And watch, you know, Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. I'll catch you later. <laughs> Poor guy. I know our husbands. Anyways, what they go through. Mm-hmm. So these women were. I mean, prison nurses. God love them. Not on your life. I couldn't do it. My fear: the prison gets like overrun. There's like a, like a a riot. riot. A riot. That's, That's the word. word. <laughs> in a raid i'm like i was like no. revolt no nope. <laughs> what is it? a riot yes and i'm the only woman in a hall ma- hall male prison <laughs> we shouldn't do this episode all right edit that all <laughs> professional <laughs> okay all right back to the riots <laughs> not the revolts not the revolts the riots. okay are you still recording <laughs> i don't think he pushed off okay so my biggest fear yes. is being a female in an all-male prison mm-hmm. and you know what's gonna happen yeah yeah it's so I have no desire. You couldn't pay me enough to work I in a prison. I also think it probably smells. I don't know why. In my head, <laughs> like bo or like, like you walk in and it's like a wall of smell. I don't know what it. Of that male musk. Maybe I don't. Mm. I don't know why I picture that. That's just stuck mm. in my head and I, I can't get, get over it. I get it. I don't want to be. I love men. I don't want to be in a room full of men who are like imprisoned. It gets ugly. Yeah. I I was at cheerleader at an all-boys school. I'd love to know where this is going. (laughs) And I kind of think. So we did a pep rally there Mm -hmm. one day. So it was during school. Like we, all the girls had to get dismissed from whatever school you went to. And we had to go there during school. Mm -hmm. 
and it's an all boys school, and they've been in school all week, oh. but just all boys. And, and they're all boys, teenage boys who don't shower. <laughs> teenage boys, and there was glass doors, and they mm. were getting let into the gym on the other side of the glass door, so they can see us oh. on the you know Home on our side of the glass door. <laughs> it was like a riot. They were screaming. They were banging on the wind. Like oh, we were like, oh, take it easy, boys. There was like eighteen of us, and, and it's supposed like to be Catholic school. Five hundred of them. Like it was. I mean, a little intoxicating. Didn't hate it, but it was <laughs> kind of like little it, fright. I mean, it, I if, you know, if they were incarcerated men, it would be scarier. But I went to my brother's graduation from the Marine Corps at Paris Island, oh. and I was like fourteen, so I'm barely mm-hmm. have any kind of a body of a woman. But they haven't seen women in three months. Mm-hmm. And there was a Burger King, and they were all at the Burger King, and I went in to get French fries, and the entire Burger King. 300 boys who haven't seen a woman all looked at me. <laughs> and you know, at 14, you're like, oh, oh my God, they're all looking at me. Be so awkward. I wanted to die, but it was very intoxicating. <laughs> I finally found the power of being mm. a woman. I'm like, wow, we can, we got something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was like, wow. But I wouldn't have known what to do with any of them at 14. No. Well, maybe a little bit, but not I a mean, lot. Um, it was a little scary. But yeah. anyway, we have really got the grid. Yes. Yes. Back to prison nurses. And it was prison nurses. <laughs> okay. I couldn't do it. No, that's not, I'm not interested story. on any level. No. Um, so I found these articles, because we're going to talk about two, like, prison. individual prison nurses mm-hmm. and their little crazy stories. So I found some information on, like, just prison nursing in general. So there was this article on corrections1.com, and it asked Facebook users what they wish they knew before becoming a correctional nurse. <sighs> so these were the top answers. Self-defense. Um, <laughs> so they wish they knew that I mean I would think you would know this anyways but you need a good rapport with the gods because they are keeping you alive alive and safe mm-hmm. from um, these inmates um, you need excellent assessment skills people cry wolf for attention like oh I need to go to the nurse I'm mm-hmm. sick I have a stomach you know whatever they're saying so you, um, some people won't some prisoners don't complain at all they just want to be left alone they don't want to come out you know they just want to stay they in their cell so they could be and they're not moving right dying of something they're not saying anything um some come in for protection but they don't tell you the whole story of why they need protection so mm-hmm. then you're in trouble like so they just they were saying like you just need great assessment skills to know like what's this situation what is going on with this person you need to be able to see through everything um they wish they knew you need to trust your gut. Always that's trust your any gut. nursing that's, job. That's any buddy Period. in life. If yeah. you get that weird feeling, goodbye. Like yeah. it's over. If the hair Don't. goes up in the back of your neck. Yep. It's a problem. Believe it. Yeah. Even if it's not right, believe your body's it. Always something. Believe your body knows. Fight um, or flight. Yeah. A strong background in psych is helpful <laughs> for obvious reasons. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Um, they wish they knew um, starting out to set boundaries and to stick to them. Um, it's a real struggle with manipulation in prison. Obviously, it. there's I a lot of manipulators. It. A lot of schmoozers. Yep. Um, and the last one was keep your humanity. You don't want to look at I these men like... I lost my humanity somewhere around 2003. <laughs> I don't know. It's gone. <laughs> I'm very cynical. Oh, an appendix. He's 90. Let him die. You're fine. I'm kidding. I don't really mean that. Kind of. Um, <laughs> For the most part. Yeah. I mean, you know, they just... You have these people, and they had, like, these horrible monsters. They did terrible things, but you still have to. Have you ever had a prisoner come in? Yes. 
I'm not going to lie, it's really hard when you hear what their crime is mm-hmm. to be like, oh, you poor thing, you raped 50 women, I'm so sorry that your foot hurts. I find that very hard. Right. It, I do it, Yeah. but on the inside, it's hard. It's hard. So one time, I mean, we get a lot of prisoners. One time there was a prisoner and they were in like the full leather, they had the full shackles mm-hmm. on, like the mm-hmm. ankle shackles, the wrist shackles. And, you know, during surgery, obviously, we take off the shackles, the shackles once they're anesthetized yeah. and the um, prison guard is right with us and they take them off and then they come and put them back on before they're awake. Um, and so when they, the poor prison guy wanted to kill me, so they put him back on. And I was standing there. And, you know, we usually, I usually hold the person's hands, like, when they're waking up or when they're mm-hmm. going to sleep. And I'm standing there, and I'm holding his arm. I'm like, this this is awfully tight. And he's like, yeah, it's supposed to be. I'm like, I know, but it's like cutting into his skin. And he's like, it's supposed to be tight, so we can't get it off. I'm like, I feel like this one is tighter than the other one. And he's like looking at me, and I'm like, oh, God. I'm not trying to be like, I don't want you to take them off of them. But right. I mean, maybe like loosen it a just, notch, just like a centimeter. Like it's nothing really. And he's looking at me, and I'm like, I really, he's gonna get a sore from this, and then he's gonna be here longer because this is like. And really, then we're gonna have a gangrenous arm, right? and I don't want to do it. It's gonna be a whole thing. And he's like, okay. And he comes over, and he's like, loosens. Is that better for you? <laughs> like, yes, that makes me. Much it's better. only because your sparkles that he did it's, that. You know that, right? <laughs> he was not pleased with me. He's like, it's supposed to be tough. I'm like, I oh, my husband's this. biggest complaint. Because he deals in the courts, so they take prisoners to the hospital for all their complaints. Mm -hmm. Because every time they're going to go to court, they have a heart attack. Um, And he's like, the biggest complaint is the nurses with the handcuffs. He's like, we have to keep them cuffed. And the nurses are always like, take them off, take them off, take them off. He's like, no, we can't. Biggest complaint. I didn't want him to take them off. I know. I just wanted it a little. You have a little compassion left. I did. I felt I'd have been like, crank it one more row. (laughs) Just make a little bit black. Crank that. Fucker. He was. He did not think I was funny. <laughs> and he did it. He was nice. Anyways. Anyway. Um, so back then to I found, the nurses. Right. So that's stuff they wish they knew before becoming correctional nurses. Then I found another art- article in um, nurse.org. It's by Lori. Never going to say this poor woman's right. Chanelli. That sounds good to me. Shanley. Um, it's. She's a prison. She was a prison nurse, and it was five things. Five things she wished she she knew before becoming a correctional nurse. Um, one, she said, it's safer than you think. Um, medical staff. I disagree. <laughs> she said medical staff have specific guards just for them. So there's like the guards in the prison and there's guards that just protect the medical staff that are in the prison. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> I'm guarded all the time. Ooh, I got my own guards. Um, so she said it's safer than you Thing. Don't be too afraid. Um, she said most patients are so appreciative. A lot of them had little to no health care prior to coming to prison. Because, I mean, let's face it, the people that come in usually come from, like, poor backgrounds. Yes. and well, you know, and mentally and, ill, too, tend yep. to end up in the prisons. Right. And they're living on the streets. So now they're going from living on the streets to Full they health. have three hots and a cot. Yeah. And health care. <clears throat> and health care. Um, and they, she said, um, they're appreciative because prison is so dehumanizing. Yes. That they're thankful to the nurses for humanizing them, for making them feel like I'm a person, mm-hmm. I matter. Somebody I have cares. a problem with, someone cares about me. Um, so you're going to see some unusual conditions. 
Is another thing? I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, even like TB, leprosy, botulism. Leprosy. 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 Like Ben-Hur leprosy. Leprosy. Yeah. In prison. Okay. Um, botulism <laughs> from prison hooch. They get some botulism. <laughs> I just love the word hooch. I know. I prison hooch. I Drink. mean. God knows what's in that shit. They make God it a, knows what's like in the toilet water. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah. There's probably a little blood of a sacrificed virgin in there. Where are they getting that? Well, you never know. Maybe there's a lot of young kids in there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, she wishes she knew that how much you need to collaborate and negotiate like never before. What, so Negotiate for your release? Like, well, <laughs> no. So she said prison, the prison's goal is public and personal safety. It's not so... So the nurses... Um, have to really fight for patient care. Mm-hmm. I believe Cause it. Because they're only... I believe it. The prison system is worried about... going to give so much. The public safety, mm-hmm. their safety, you know, that's what their concern right. is. So the nurses have to, like, fight fight for every Everything inch of health care for these patients. Um, and then self-care is all important. You get compassion fatigue. You know, these people... Mani- not all of them. Manipulative. It. There's games. There's head games. You're yeah. in there. And even if they're not manipulative, you can still feel bad for someone who ended up in these circumstances. You know, like, so you're just right. fatigued. So you have to take care of yourself as a prison nurse. And she said that's very important. I think you have to take care of yourself as any nurse. Obviously. Yes. yes. But I can definitely see, like, the mental I couldn't do it. capacity that I couldn't you would do have it. to have. Yeah. Just the thought of... Walking into our own job, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, the door's shut behind me. I'm like, here we go, 12 hours. <laughs> but imagine literally the door's ka-chink. No. And you're locked in now. No. And then for the yeah, next 12 hours. You've probably, you've probably had made some connections with some of these people, and you get to leave every day knowing they're stuck. They're stuck in there. Like, I mean, but they're in there for a reason. They're in there for a reason. But I still think that would play with yeah. your head. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you get to know them and... Obviously, some of the women we're going to talk about. These women got seriously played. It played with their head. Played. Yeah. They were a little too compassionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a tough job. Hats off to yes. everyone who does yes. that. Thank you. Yes. Somebody has that. to do it. Couldn't be me. No. Thank you for doing it. Yes. I yeah. agree. Totally. A hundred percent. You want to go first? You can, I feel like I've been talking for a while. All right. You want me to go first? Okay. So I'm doing Jennifer Hyatt. And I got most of my inf- information from Murdia. I'm not going to say it right. Murdapedia. Murdapedia. That's it. You said it. It was Cinco de Mayo when we recorded, so it's kind of a good night. I agree. <laughs> so um, Jennifer Hyatt, Murdapedia, and Snapped. She on Snapped tells her own story. Ooh. I can't even describe Jennifer Hyatt. She's. Does she have a perm? No. Damn it. She has naturally curly hair, but oh, right. it is dyed blonde. It's dyed blonde. Yeah. She's husky. little husky. Okay. And she likes to play that face where, like, oh, she's so put upon. <laughs> Everything about her is just put upon, mm-hmm. you know. And she tells the story with no emotion and, oh, my God. But when you listen to the story, she's, she's kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jen, but you're kind of a piece of shit. All right. Listen. Okay, so she is born on February 11th, 1974, to Floyd, Floyd, 
Forsyth and Sally Lampson in Emory County, Utah. Those names are very hard to say. There's oh. a lot of L's and S's. Yes. And F's. I, as you can tell, I am struggling That's with the names. really hard. Floyd and Sally. Okay. And Floyd and Sally don't get along so well, so they divorce when Jen is real young. Mm-hmm. Now, the information we're going to go through is from Jennifer's own manuscript that she wrote when she got arrested called A Modern Day Bonnie and Clyde. Not a good That's idea. That's tell you to wish her, her head's Not at. a good idea. Yeah. So according to her manuscript, she claims that when her father remarried, she wasn't invited to the wedding, mm-hmm. if that tells you where the standing is, and that um, as a child she was sexually abused. So we're setting the stage for mm-hmm. why she commits the mm-hmm. crime she does. She states that at 15... She starts getting into drugs and alcohol in the comfort of older men. So she likes the old guys. Yes. And all that makes me think about is when you and I were sitting in the lounge oh one God, day I'm talking to about older men, <laughs> and you were like, listen, a 60-year-old ass is still a 60-year-old ass. <laughs> you remember that? They yeah, drew. They drew. They drew. They're kind of flat. Yes. But I died laughing. Look at, I don't care how good looking he is, a 60-year-old ass is still a 60-year-old ass. I almost died. <laughs> So True. she likes the old men. So the summer before her senior year of high school at West Jordan High, High, she meets her first husband, Eli Gordon. And they're set to marry in 1992. Why are they going to get married? Because she's three months pregnant. The night before her wedding, good old Eli plowing a new field. Yeah. And so she bags him having sex with somebody else. And she marries him anyway. Because that's what you do when you're three months pregnant. You marry him anyway. Not me. Yeah, well, she did. So she claims that after she had her first child, she becomes addicted to cocaine, or in some shows, as they like to call it, cocaine. 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 She and Eli go on to have three kids, but he's a bit of a meth head. He has a little bit of a problem with the meth. So he's in and out of jail, and in 2000, they divorce. But she doesn't stay single for long, this Jen. They never do. She likes the men. Mm Mm-hmm. So she meets and marries another man who they don't mention. Mm-hmm. And um, she gets married again in about zero minutes after getting married. At her wedding reception, she meets Travis. It instantly falls in love with Travis. At her wedding reception. At her wedding reception. Wow. Wedding number two. Wow. Instantly falls in love and begins an affair with Travis, which doesn't work. Why? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't work? Because she starts an affair with Travis's best friend. So she's married to the guy she married at her second wedding. Mm-hmm. She's having Falls an affair with Travis yep. that she met at her second wedding. Yes, I believe it. And the then reception. she starts sleeping with Travis's brother. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Best friend. Best friend. His best friend. Wow, so the guy she met at the reception. Because she was so madly in love the first time that she fell out of love and instantly back in love at the wedding reception. Wow. Okay. So her mother, Sally Lampson states jennifer's fault was her gullibility with men when told to do something she just did it without thinking about the consequences oh boy god bless god bless Mm -hmm. so in 2001 her friend tina who's living in nashville tennessee asks her to move to nashville because things will be so much fun in nashville it's supposed to be fun in nashville i've got i've been in nashville it's a lot of fun Seems like a lot of country. A lot music of bars, a lot of honky tonks down yeah, there. The so we go down there, and every bar we went to, every single person was singing the Folsom Prison song by Johnny Cash. Every. That would get slower? Hmm? Yeah. And I'm made in Folsom Prison. Oh, that know? one. Um, 
I think all of Do you know how many like bars are in Nashville? <laughs> every bar, every guy thought he was Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison. Hmm. That's what I took away from Nashville, Tennessee. So we won't be going there for I have no desire. Yeah. Look at Nashville, no offense. You guys are great people. It's a good bachelorette place. I can only hear so much Johnny Cash. What if they play on Johnny Cash? Constant. I like Johnny Cash. I like. I need variety. Um, okay. So anyway, out of Nashville. So she packs up her life, her kids, and moves to Nashville in Folsom Prison. She seems to get her life together. She goes to nursing school. She does her clinicals. And where does she do her clinicals? Prison? Prison. Oh. Did you do clinical prisons? Never once. Because I didn't either. No. Yeah, but she, she does hers in prison. Yeah. So after graduation, she takes a job at Northwest Correctional Complex in Tiptonville, Tennessee. I probably should not have had a margarita before I tried all these names. They're really... I am struggling. They're very, like, succinct yeah. names, all Tiptonville, Tennessee. Hmm. They always have a bill down south. Tiptonville, Gabrielville, this bill. Oh, we have some of them. That doesn't count. Um, That's S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. That's our chair and her kids. Kill Somerville. Kill my... The cheering coaches were like, really, girls? You cannot say that chair. We're saying it. That was Riviere. Boy, yeah. we said the kill some real chair. Class, yeah. Okay. So her job was one-to-one nursing with the inmates. So she would have to go into the cells of the inmates who could not or would not leave, and she would do dressing changes, and she would give meds. So when you're going into a cell with men who haven't seen women, what do you think they all do? Whoa, here's my junk. Take a look at it. <sighs> forgetting that nurses see so much junk, it's not a novelty. They're all so impressed with themselves. Honest to God. Really? I mean, we're not usually impressed. I've seen thousands. Thousands. Of penises. Yep. And I've been impressed by maybe four. <laughs> so um, they go in, she has to go in, and she's getting tired of these inmates showing their junk to her and mm. harassing her. And I don't know what she thought she was getting into, but she's offended by it. So one of the guards suggests to her that she has somebody walk around with her, and she thinks it's going to be another prison guard. But they introduce her to George Hyatt. George Hyatt, who was born on June 30th of 1971, um, he's a he's a big time thief, uh, criminal. He started his career really early on, and he's currently at this facility serving a 35 year sentence for robbery. Yes. So he's in. And he's a bit of a badass, so the other prisoners are afraid of him. Mm-hmm. So um, he has tried five escape attempts <gasps> from the years of 1990 to 2002. And he, like, you know, so he's running the show. He's running the show. So she starts walking around with him, and everything's going to be fine. She falls in love with George immediately. And in her manuscript, a modern-day Bonnie and Clyde... <laughs> She says it is a celestial meeting. I don't even know what a celestial... Like of the heavens? Yes. Like, it was God sent. I love my husband, soulmate. I would never describe it as a celestial meeting, but... That's how I describe my meeting almost constantly oh. with Mike. I mean, he did write music. Come on. You, you've heard me say that. I'm I sure. have, yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, considering this is the same woman who fell in love with another man at her wedding reception, yeah. I mm-hmm. don't give it much stock. No. So they obviously start an affair, and she starts bringing him in phones, money, and drugs. So five min- months into the relationship, she gets fired because she's caught with contraband. What do you think I, that contraband might be? The phone, the money, or the drugs? I'm going to say the, the drugs. Mm-mm. Oh. 
Shrimp. Shrimp. They found her with shrimp. <laughs> she gets fired for, for taking shrimp. him in. Where the fuck he was going to cook it? I don't know. Did she Maybe say, with all I that- brought in phone, drugs, and money, and you're <laughs> nope. worried about the shrimp? Shrimp. Shrimp. So I guess he was going to have like a little bit of a clam bake with all that prison I hooch. it was like frozen, already pre-cooked shrimp. I'm going to go with it smelled, and maybe that's why they're checking the vault, as my husband likes to call it. Do you know what the vault is? I'm going to go with the You know v. what the vault is? Yeah. It's the vajayjay where they hide all that shit. So she did not put shrimp up there. Prison shrimp. She did not That's what we're going to call it. Prison shrimp. She did not. Oh, special sauce on oh. that shrimp. So she gets fired for smuggling in shrimp. That's awful. Okay. So... On her snapped episode, when she's giving you her whole story, very like put on upon, um, she says that she figured after she got fired, she thought that'd be at the end of George. She'd never heard any more. She'd never hear any more from him. But you know, she did bring him a cell phone, <laughs> so he starts calling her constantly on the cell phone. Mm-hmm. He sends her flowers and gifts to her family from jail, and then asks her to marry him. And what does she say well, to I mean, her how prisoner? Could you say no. I mean, she brought him shrimp. She got fired over shrimp. She, she put shrimp up her hoo-ha. You better him. marry the yep. guy. Yeah. Oh, God. God forbid one got left behind. So she... I'm thinking they're in a bag. They have to be inside. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think they were fried? Or do you think he fried those, like, in a pre-made prison stove? I'm thinking of the frozen, like, pre-cooked that you eat, you know, you just eat in the <gasps> sauce. Did she bring the sauce in? Well, if you stuck everything in a bag up there, it probably would have thawed. So you think the whole shrimp ring went up there? No, not the whole shrimp. She probably put them in, you know, just <laughs> one shrimp at a time. Bag, <laughs> put it up there and it thawed itself. Mm, maybe. She kept it warm for him. Yeah. So, um, okay. So on May 21st, 2005, she marries George Hyatt in a very romantic jail- jailhouse ceremony. Oh, my God. And it doesn't get consummated. This will play in later. It didn't? No. They don't let them do that? No. There's no. It's Tennessee. We're Bibleville. There's no consummation. But they're married. Doesn't matter. You're in jail. But it plays in later. Okay. Foreshadowing. So now she's working as a private nurse, and one of her clients is Betty Dyes. Betty Dyes thinks Jen's husband is in Iraq. So she's feeling really sorry for Jen. So she's hopping around any way she can. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't dissuade that by saying, no, my husband's in jail. She, yeah, she lets her believe. Goes right along. Yep. So in her snapped interview, she says that George was very abusive from jail. Um, Like behind bars, miles away in state protection. I'm assuming mentally. Yeah. So she would say he would call her all the time and she would have to be on the phone with him. I guess she didn't realize you could just hang up and nothing would happen. Because he's in prison. Because he's in jail under 24-hour guard. Mm. Um, So she would literally stay on the phone with him all day long and let him listen. She'd put the phone down at clients' houses and let him listen to the conversation. Like, ew. All right. Question. When they got caught with the shrimp, (laughs) did they not, like, flip his cell? Apparently not. Or maybe he's got another little side piece that was bringing him in a phone, too. Because I have a feeling George got around. I mean, he seems like the player. He's a type. player. He's a, apparently yeah, he's very he was very swaggerly. Mm. Um, I mean, he she brought him in trim. Yeah. So she, I just I have a hard time getting past the I'm abused by the cell phone because I would have just shut that shit down and put it aside. I don't answer it now if my husband calls. Why <laughs> would I answer it if you were in prison? <laughs> Brian, I do answer the phone. I'm just kidding. 
So, okay. So she feels so abused. I mean, she he tells her people are watching her house. I don't think that's happening. But she's she's working the sympathy angle and snapped. She's yeah. really working it. She must be under appeal. Mm-hmm. So she says the abuse gets so bad that she tried to kill herself. This is the suicide attempt. Picture it. She's in her home. Mm-hmm. George is on the phone. Mm-hmm. He hears the rattle of pill balls. Uh-oh. Pill balls. Pill balls. <laughs> pill bottles. He hears the pill rattle. Bottles. Pill bottles. Or as Mr. Gambali, 6 or 80s, to say, balls. Balls. Pill balls. So he has the rattle of the bottles, and he's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm killing myself. He's like, you got to get to the hospital. She gets in the car after down, and God knows how many pills. Mm-hmm. Gets in the car, drives, drives to the hospital. She's in the parking lot, fucking unconscious. The hospital staff gets alerted by none other than, than George. He calls. Thank God George had a cell phone. Thank God. Thank this God. is why every prisoner should have a cell yes. phone. So they can stalk you. For a medical out. emergency. Exactly. So he calls the hospital. Go out in the parking lot. My girl, my wife is in the parking oh. lot, killed herself, or tried to kill herself. And they find her. She goes into a coma for like oh, five days. Oh, she really, yeah. she really went the full Monty. Um, but she comes out of it. She mm-hmm. comes out of it enough that in the next month she calls her father, who used to be a sheriff's sheriff's something he <laughs> he works for the sheriff. he wasn't the sheriff he worked sheriff's department mm-hmm. bingo in utah and so she calls him and says hey dad how do you get a handcuff key and you know her dad no longer works for the sheriff's department because he's on probation for drugs oh, oh so he thinks something's up so on july 28th he calls his probation officer and he says because uh, he's on probate for drugs mm-hmm. And he tells his PO that um, he's something's up in Tennessee. My daughter's asking for a handcuff key. I think something's up. The probation officer doesn't do anything. So on August 8th, 2005, you have the Kingston Courthouse shooting. So the night before, which would be August 8th, my grandmother's birthday, mm-hmm. they are taken to the I don't know if they're taken to the courthouse, but they are meeting with their lawyer, George Jennifer, the lawyer. They are taken by two correctional officers, mm-hmm. Wayne Cotton Morgan and Larry Porky Harris. I need a nickname. I God forbid don't it's ever Porky. Be Porky. I don't want Porky. Never in my life. Who thought that was okay? I don't know. It's a bad. No, it's it's a good eighties movie because I loved Porky's. That's the first HBO like renegade movie I ever watched. Yeah, I was never. I couldn't watch. That. Oh, you got to watch Porky's. Yeah. It's fun. Have you seen Porky's, Mike? I'm Mike, sure. Mike's seen Porky's. Yeah. It was wow. one of my favorites. <laughs> it was like the first time you saw like nudity. I was like, oh my God. It was like 12. Um, but God bless, I don't ever want to be called Porky. Ever. So Wayne Cotton and Larry Porky, they are there that night. And they feel so bad for George that they actually let him spend time alone with Jennifer, which probably was a huge mistake. Probably. But that's the kind of guys these two guys are. They felt bad. They had compassion for right. this guy and they were trying to help him out. So that's the night before. Now um, they're driving to the courthouse again. Cotton feels bad for George and he's trying to console him on the way to the courthouse because mm-hmm. George is going to the courthouse for yet another robbery charge. So they're going to add more years onto his 35 <laughs> year sentence mm-hmm. for robbery. Um, 
Cotton is described as an all-around great guy. He's a 28-year veteran of the Brushin Mountain facility and is just a few years from retirement. He's 56 years old. He's a married father of two. Mm-hmm. His co-worker, Sean Phillips, says Cotton is a good man all the way around. He had an impact on everyone he came in contact with. There's a reason I'm talking about Cotton, just yeah. saying, okay? I was So after that. George pleads guilty, Cotton and Porky are taking George out of the courthouse. The way the courthouse is set up, so in Boston, many of the courthouses, they have a sally port, they have a jail underneath the courthouse. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff's department will drive in, lock door, you transfer the prisoners that way, then the sally port opens, they come out. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, they're walking him down the courthouse steps. Like out front. Out front, or even out back. I'm not, it's hard to tell from the video. Outside somewhere. They're outside. no locked doors. They're walking through a parking lot to the jail van. Oh, jeez. Okay, so they're escorting George, shackles and all, to the back of the van across the parking lot. So when they get to the back of the van, a blue Ford Explorer pulls up right behind them. Jennifer pops out of the blue Ford She's got a nine millimeter in her hands, points it at Cotton and Porky. George, being the most compassionate man he could be, is like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. She loads off. She shoots poor Cotton, like almost point blank in the abdomen. Oh, my God. She starts shooting at uh, Porky. Porky can get his gun out. Boom. He starts shooting back. And there's like a good old-fashioned shootout right there in the friggin' courthouse parking lot. Yep. So... Jen gets in the car. George is shuffling over. He hops in the passenger seat. Boom, they take off. Cotton is on the ground, officer down. George and Jennifer pull off. They go a few blocks. They um, pull into a subway parking lot. The night before, she tells Betty Die, I need to borrow your car because my husband's going to lose his kids if I don't go to court. And so she lends her the gold minivan, parks at the subway, drops the blue Ford off, Gets in the subway. Fortunately, the neighbor across the street had noticed the gold car parked all night. Thought it was kind of weird. Mm. So when the cops come looking, he's able to give a description of the car. She borrowed the car from Betty Dye, but never intended on bringing it back. Well, of course not. So um, they take off. The car happens to be parked right near the interstate. They take off. They're gone. And there's an all-out manhunt for Jennifer and George. Mm. Cotton is flown to University of Tennessee Medical Center, and he's pronounced dead upon arrival Uh from his injuries. And Porky is uninjured. (laughs) Have you ever had a cop come in, haven't been shot? I have. Because I haven't. I have. Tell me about it. Well, I can't tell you much, but I can tell you there are 10,000 officers with them. Yes. And they are completely surrounded, like, at all times. They come to the operating room with them. They're never alone. Never alone. Yeah. I mean, I've been there in the aftermath, and I've seen all the police in the lobby and Mm -hmm. police outside. It's heart-wrenching. Oh, it is. It is heart-wrenching to see. Yep. So, as you can imagine, even though he's not a regular law enforcement, he's... It's a big deal. It doesn't matter. Right. It's a big deal. Um, You know, and his kids, like, to hear them on this episode devastating because he really was a sweet nice guy and you know she just blows him away for right? really like she didn't even ask like right. just hand him over and when she talks about it on the news like on her snapped episode she doesn't say like there's no emotion so i hit him and he went down and 
I feel kind of bad about that. Like, it's just no yeah, emotion no. whatsoever. I, I don't like Jennifer. <laughs> so George and Jennifer head north through Kentucky to just near the Ohio border. Mm-hmm. When they have the shootout, she's hitting the leg. Oh. So she's bleeding like profusely from the groin. Mm-hmm. And George is shackled. But they need to get some kind of a hacksaw to get these things off. Oh. So they stop at a Lowe's, and this is on video. <laughs> I didn't know you could even do this. They pull up to Lowe's, and they're like, we're handicapped. And a handicapped woman comes out. She's like, what y'all need? I'm like, we need a hacksaw. <laughs> and so she goes on a little cart. Like she called them. Mm-hmm. And they go in, they buy her a hacksaw, and they come to the car. Genius. And they drop off a hacksaw. So if you're ever in trouble and you need to <laughs> hacksaw off your shackles, Go to Lowe's. They got a whole drop-off system. Wow. Yeah. So the whole thing is on video of them getting this hacksaw. Mm-hmm. Can you see them or just the car? You can just see the car. Mm-hmm. And you can see the little lady in her little cart coming out to help them out. Poor little lady. Poor little no lady. Idea. She had no clue she was no. helping fugitives. It's something. So they hole up in the Yukon Lodge near Earl Lager, Kentucky. <laughs> and what do you think George wants to do with Jennifer in her broken, bleeding, frothing leg? Kind of consummate the match. Oh, yeah, yeah, mother. He wants to zoom, 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 <laughs> and a boom, boom. Yeah. And she literally is on the video. She's like, all he could think about was sex. He's been in prison for three years. Like, big yeah. shocker. All he wants to do, he'll put it in. He'll, he can get it in. And you get all that adrenaline. Yeah. Like, yep. So yeah. George is just like, stick a towel in it. We're going for this. Stop crying. Yeah, stop crying. So she's like, I had to have sex with him. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> honey. You knew you wanted some of that. You were Bonnie and Clyde. Oh. So, yeah, like, just to hear her talk she's about it. She's bleeding <laughs> She's got a nice festering nice wound. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to give you some of that. <laughs> zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. <laughs> yep. That's where they go. So, um, okay, so she's all upset about that. She goes to sleep afterwards. You know, I guess after all that cuddling and emotion, she passed out. And when she wakes up, he's cut her hair and dyed it black. And when you I would see, stab him with the scissors. When you see her in court with this hair, he must have had a blindfold on when he cut her hair. <laughs> so it's like up by her eyebrow, down by her well, chin, a piece of down on her. Some of it had been like it's, laying on it. I think he was blindfolded. I think he did it just as like a joke. Let's see how much I can cut off as fucked up as possible because oh it God. is all on it. Like it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. The worst part of this. And now she's on national TV with this horrible hair. Oh, and God, black is not a good color on her. I'm not gonna Only lie. Only some people can carry that. Oh, she's a blonde. It doesn't look right. I always wanted black hair. I know. I can't no, have it. No, no. Black's not a good color no, on her. I love black hair. Though. So she realized, they watch the news and she realizes the car's been spotted. And uh, so they leave the car at the Econo Lodge and they call a cab to take them to Cincinnati. So WKRP. Cincinnati? Listen, Cincinnati, WKRP in Cincinnati. Right next to Laverne and Shirley, right. my all-time favorite sitcom. I have the entire episodes on VHS. Oh, God. My favorite show ever. Les Nessman. Loved I liked that show. I loved it. Loved mm-hmm. it. Loved it. So that's all I know about Cincinnati. So God bless. WKRP. Um, so this cab driver is a nut. He is a nut. He's kind of like... Travis. I had a bit of a crush on Travis. I'm not going to lie. And... Dr. Johnny Fever, all-time favorite character. Right next to Squiggy. He was my all-time I favorite love character. Squiggy. Remember, you ever see the episode where they were both drunk? 
And Lighting they have the, No. Oh, you're talking about Kathy. I'm back to, yeah, okay. I'm Dr. Johnny Fever, and I can't remember his fellow DJ. I, I remember Johnny Fever. But Fugel. one was, they were testing on um, your reflexes when you're drinking. So the more drunk that Dr. Fever got, the better his reflexes got. Huh. And then Venus Flytrap. The more Venus Flytrap got drunk, the worse his. It was the best episode ever. I loved it. Talk about digressing. Okay, so back to the cab driver who's going to take him to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. This guy thinks he's Columbo. Another great show. I loved. I loved me some Columbo. Loved Columbo. Fucked up. God, I loved him. <laughs> I was like eight. And I was like, I love him. Yeah, I think that's where my love of basset hounds came from. Um, so he picks dog. He had a basset hound. All I remember is Columbo. Nope, he had a basset hound. I remember the dog. I loved his basset hound. and his crumpled raincoat. Always. Um, so he had the only thing I loved more than Columbo. Kojak. Quincy. Oh, I loved. I loved Quincy. You remember that show? No. Jack Klugman. Mm-hmm. He was an, he was a forensic pathologist, mm-hmm. and he would he got busy on his boat, <laughs> but he was also solving murders. I loved him. I liked Jack. Okay. The ball. So he picks up the the cab driver who thinks he's Columbo, picks up these two guys right, and he's on tape and he's like, so like I picked these two characters up right, <laughs> and they told me they were going to an Amway conference. And I knew they weren't going to an Amway conference because they didn't try to sell me nothing. <laughs> Not the fact that she's bleeding everywhere. Right. That he's probably still like a half a shackle on. Yeah. That didn't throw you off. They didn't try to sell you anything. Well, yeah. True. Yeah. So true. they didn't try to sell him nothing. So he knew right away something was off. So he drops him off at a hotel, finishes his shift. He goes home. He watches the news and realizes that he, the two people he picked up that were not selling him anything, <laughs> were the two escaped convicts, calls the police, the marshals get involved. Always wanted to be a marshal. My friend dated a U.S. marshal. Oh, God, that's kind of hot. Mm. Was he cute? He was. Yeah, that's something hot about a marshal. I, I didn't like him, but he was cute. Mm. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Mm-hmm. So the marshals surround the hotel. Excuse me, the motel. Hotel. Motel Holiday Inn. All right. So anyway, I got to tell you about my Tennessee motel story, and then I'll go back to the story. I promise you. It's a quick one. So I'm driving back from California with my girlfriend. We had been nurses out there, and we're driving. Tennessee, when you're driving through it, is the longest goddamn state in the fucking world. It's eight hours from tip to tip. That little teeny tiny tiny. Oh, yeah. No, it's not a teeny tiny. So you're driving and driving and driving. And we're exhausted. We've been driving like 23 hours. We're like, we're going to stop at a hotel. And we see a hotel for like 20 bucks. We're like, all right, perfect. Pull over. I'm 5'8", my girlfriend's 5'9", the bed is 5'5". Five five. <laughs> so you can't sleep straight in the bed. So we have diagonal. to diagonal. Yes. So we have to sleep <laughs> diagonal. I think the pillow was made out of cinder blocks. Nice. And about 2 a.m., <laughs> here comes the train. The whole, like a bat, like my cousin Vinny, the whole bed's moving. I'm like, I look at her, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I said, I'm getting in the shower. We might as well go back in the road. I'm not getting any sleep in this place. <laughs> Wasn't worth the 20 bucks. I should have spent 80 and stayed at a real hotel. Yeah. A bed for a 5'5". Five five. Who's 5'5 five five anymore? I didn't even know they made beds. Yeah. That's yep. Short. Yep. Tennessee. 20 bucks. Yeah. Wasn't worth the money. <laughs> okay. So she's at a hotel surrounded by the marshals. They call. And the, the marshal is hysterical. She's like, I was going to call. I didn't think anybody would be stupid enough to pick up the phone. Jen is stupid enough to pick up the phone. God bless her. She picks up the phone. She's like, hello. <laughs> they're like, are you Jennifer? She's like, yes. <laughs> so they're like, okay, this is the marshals. You're surrounded. Like a movie. We've got you surrounded. They're surrounded. And they're like, 
you can come out peacefully or we're going to come crashing through the doors. Mm -hmm. So she convinces George, we're going to come out peacefully. Boom, everybody's arrested. She's taken the hospital finally to treat her gunshot wound. Thank God. And they're both carted off to jail. Mm-hmm. All she's worried about is George the whole time. Oh, she's just worried about George. And he's probably not worried about her at all. Oh, apparently he is. They're oh. just madly celestial. Hello. They're very much in love. I forgot. She is shocked to find out that they're both facing the death penalty what? for the killing of Cotton. She's shocked. Shocked. That's unbelievable. It's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. Shocking. So um, while she's in jail waiting extradition to Tennessee, she starts her autobiography, A Modern Day, Bonnie I and Clyde. Can't with the autobiography. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She tells about her life and how much she loves George. And um, she writes letters to her friends from jail, signed Bonnie. No, with she a little didn't. Smiley face. I've never signed anything with a smiley face. I can promise mm, you that. Yeah. Not in my life. Bonnie, smiley face. She's getting a big kick out of the, the attention. She's oh, so she's... choked up over cotton. She's getting a big kick out yeah. of this. So she gets ex- she and George both get extradited back to Tennessee. George does whatever she does because he just loves her that much. And they're going to stand trial. Cotton's family wants the death penalty, as would I. And her lawyer, the conniving little fucker that he is, he decides... Um, in order to get out of this, he goes to Utah and he finds her three kids who are now staying with the meth head Eli, who apparently is father of the year now. Well, it's a better choice than her. Apparently. Yeah. So he goes there and he videotapes them talking about their mother and how much they love her and how awful it would be and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, and mails that videotape to Cotton's family. And who, who wouldn't be moved by that? Right. Seeing a couple of young kids talking about, like, if you take my mom away, I'll be devastated. It's all I've got. So Cotton's family relents and they settle on life. So on September 7th, 2007, Jennifer pleads guilty to first-degree murder and gets life without parole. The condition of the plea is that she has to testify against George. Oh, and this doesn't even come into play because he pleads guilty as well, and he is also sentenced to life without parole. And that, my love, Mm -hmm. is the story of Jennifer and George Hyatt. They're special. They're special. Mm-hmm. That's prison nurse into a whole new level. That's, I mean, she shot and killed the guy. Yeah. yeah. And smuggled him shrimp. I can't get over that. Yeah. That's, God damn. If, that's, if I had to have anything in prison, it wouldn't be shrimp. No. Bring me some chocolate spaghetti? cake. Spaghetti? Maybe. Maybe not. Actually, for me, tuna noodle casserole. <laughs> I'm not smuggling tuna noodle I casserole. <laughs> Tuna noodle cat. That's my it. that's my death row meal, and maybe a Cadbury cream day. Mine is either um, spaghetti and tomato soup, which <laughs> like skeddies. Like so, on. so we didn't have a lot of money growing up. <laughs> and one night, we were like, "What are we having for dinner tonight, Mom?" And she's like, "Well, spaghetti and tomato soup." And we're like, "Okay." And then we sit down for dinner, and she gives us a bowl of plain spaghetti with like butter on it. And then a bowl of tomato soup. So she put the spaghetti in the soup. Because she said spaghetti and tomato yeah. soup. But we both thought she said spaghetti in tomato soup. So we're like, why isn't it in it? And she's like, what do you mean? That's disgusting. <laughs> we're like, I don't know. That's what we thought you said. Every trailer park in America, you know, eats that, right? It's the, the best. best thing I've ever had in my life. So she's like, fine, put your tomato soup on your spaghetti. It is literally my favorite thing to eat. In my, it cost all of thirty nine cents for a family meal. Yep. Um, yep. You could go to Costco and you could feed the whole oh yeah. state of Louisiana for it. Yep. If I, if I'm sick, if I don't feel well, if like anything, if I'm upset about something, I'm like, do we have spaghetti and tomato soup? It is. And chocolate pudding. Is it Cole Shack talking about? 
Kofi Shack Shack. Less Swiss Miss. I'll do either one. Yeah. I spaghetti and tomato soup is oh. my favorite meal, and that is. What I'm does pretty that sure say I about that us that our, our death row meals and tuna noodle casserole. <laughs> My mother was it Italian. says I was poor. She That's would, what that She's going to cringe when she hears this episode. She's going to be like, I cooked you eggplant palm and yeah. stuffed peppers and you want tuna noodle casserole. Yeah. She's going to cringe. Yeah. Spaghetti and tomato soup. This was my favorite oh, thing to God. eat ever. All right. I'll give you that. This episode's going to be five hours long if we don't move on. I know. All right. So. Okay. <clears throat> Next. The prison nurse um, I chose to talk about is Amy Murray. Amy Murray. Amy Murray. She, Not to be confused with Anne Murray, the singer. No. Okay. Different person. <laughs> um, Amy Murray is a was a 40-year-old correctional nurse from, I'm going to say Iberia, Missouri, because it looks like Siberia, but without the S. Because so, um, it's Missouri. It's, they don't want you to be confused. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to go gonna take that word, Siberia, I'm going to lose the S. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Iberia, Missouri. <laughs> um, on December 11th, 2018, a 911 call... Um, came in about a house fire. Responders get to the house and find the body of Joshua Murray in the master bedroom. Um, investigators quickly determined that an accelerant was used. Like, they walked in and they're like, oh, okay, someone burned this place I down. I love when people think they can do this and I, nobody's going to figure it out. There's, like, a lot of science now. These fire marshals know what they're doing. It's not the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. they can figure it out pretty right. quick. Um, so they're like, okay, something fishy happened here. So then, you know, they obviously do an autopsy on this poor Joshua, um, and it shows that he was dead before the, before the fire. Um, they believe he was poisoned with antifreeze. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. That's yep. a harsh way to go. Mm-hmm. So police, you know, obviously talked to the wife, Amy, mm-hmm. Murray. Um, she told them she had taken her ele- their 11-year-old son and their dogs. Because the dogs were conveniently out of the house during yes. the fire. She took the 11 year olds and the dogs to McDonald's. The dogs? Mm-hmm. Where'd she get them? A Big Mac? I mean, some people are big dog lovers. I love my dogs, but I'm going to take them to McDonald's. I wouldn't. It's no. bad for them. So um, when they came home, the house was on fire and the smoke was too thick for her to enter. Oh, just too much. It was too much. Too much. Um, however, authorities say they found a McDonald's sandwich on the kitchen counter. That didn't. Well, I mean, they are known to stay. For decades. It could have been being, there for a million right, years. Right, so it probably would not have yeah. burned. So, but they're like, okay, that... Sketchy. You, you went to McDonald's, but we found a McDonald's right. sandwich, but you said you couldn't go into the house, so they stopped looking into Amy. All because of McDonald's sandwich. Oh, McDonald's. I love McDonald's. I know. And Me I too. just love it more. Road than trip, this. first place I go. McDonald's. Love it. Um, so they find out Amy is a correctional nurse. Um, she start, they find out she started an intimate relationship with an inmate at the Jefferson City Correctional Center where she works as a nurse. Um, Eugene Claypool had been in prison since 2000 for the second-degree murder of Donald Hardwick, a 72-year-old disabled man. Oh, come on. Yeah. Donald Eugene had won a $1.7 million lottery prize. And there it is. In 1998. Bingo! Yeah. So... Eugene Claypool and another man broke into Donald's house on Christmas Day 2000. They were looking for $10,000 that was said to be hidden in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Donald's this is woke, why you don't hide money in the house. Right. Put it in the bank. Yeah. Or don't tell anybody anyways. Yeah. Um, Donald woke up during the burglar- burglary. Um, the other man restrained Donald. You know, Donald, who was in a wheelchair. He restrained oh, him. Had to restrain him. Yeah. What did he do? Put the brakes on? It was awful. Um, 
and Eugene Claypole stabbed him to death. Come on. Yeah. This is the guy. You couldn't go for the guy who was in there for, like, bad checks. Right. Like, you gotta go with the guy who killed a disabled man. Yes. Come yep. on. Um, Donald's wife woke up later, and um, she found the kitchen window broken. She went to tell Donald, like, there's a problem. Someone broke in, and she found him in his bedroom. They slept in separate bedrooms, which is the ideal situation, I believe. I'm telling you. Um, My husband keeps snoring the way he is. He's getting his own house. Mm-hmm. Um, so she went into his bedroom to tell him, and she found him dead with a Bible on his chest. <laughs> so they felt bad about it and placed a Bible on his chest. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. No, that was a key piece of evidence. <laughs> You'd find a trashy romance novel of mine. <laughs> what can we... Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to happen, Joe. <laughs> yeah, make it really dirty, though. Okay? Because <laughs> those are my favorite. <laughs> caught he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and he was sentenced to life he um and to be eligible for parole after 25 years um investigators found recordings of many phone conversations between amy and eugene does she not know that she works in a goddamn prison she doesn't know they recorded i've never walked into prison god help me i hope i never do i walk into people's homes thinking i'm recorded how do you not know every phone call made out of a goddamn prison they look at your letters and they recorded. search your vault they're not going to listen to your phone calls? Everything is recorded. Dumbass. How do we not know this? She's a dumbass. I can't. So anyways, they find these, obviously, they look into their phone mm-hmm. conversations, and um, they find conversations of them talking about hiring a new attorney for Eugene to try for an early release date. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about Amy being tired of her husband and wanting a divorce. Oh, she's um, setting the stage. And then they find a conversation that where Amy said... They could be married now because Joshua was dead and out of the picture. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Romantic. Very. Yep. God damn, that's how I'm going to talk about my husband. <laughs> so He's dead now. We can get, get I going. We can get hitched. We can get hitched. He's dead. In a nice romantic prison ceremony. Yes. Because you have <laughs> With the 20 backdrop. more years what left. those backdrops? Like those <laughs> You think Elvis comes in for those ceremonies? Ooh. No, that's Prison true. God dressed up like Elvis. <laughs> Um, Amy's arrested on February 7th and charged with first-degree murder Good. and armed criminal action, second-degree arson, and tampering with physical evidence. Would she, that be the McDonald's sandwich? Yeah, she tried to get out. <laughs> she was still a little hungry after all that work. and She, could, she just couldn't pull the surprise away. Yeah. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> They're the best! Is that my fish fillet? Oh, my God! <laughs> She's in custody and being held on $750,000 bonds at Miller County Day Adult Detention Center. And I got that off of newstribune.com, insideedition.com, and wcvb.com. Inside Edition. I loved that show. I did too. I loved that show. So mine's a little shorter than yours, but... Well, I had a lot to say. You really? Because I think her whole mannerism on that show really upset me. Yeah, this didn't... There was, like, no history on this lady, but obviously... They said this. her husband that died was, like, this great father. He was, like, very involved in the church. Like, like a good, upstanding guy. And don't they know when the spouse goes, they're looking at the spouse. Like, when your husband I mean, I, dies, they're looking at the wife. The wife dies, they're looking at... You're I, the I, first one. I think right away when she's like, we went to McDonald's with the kid and the dogs. And the dogs. Put the cats at the vet. And yeah. I, think I took all my valuables out just in case. I mean, I always bring all my jewelry Did she put a Bible on his chest before she, she set the house on fire? No. I, he... That would have been the very of, incriminating. The kiss of death. Yeah. Because <laughs> the McDonald's sandwich wasn't enough. 
Oh, all right. So here we are with our prison nurses. Um, I'm telling you, this this podcast is going to cover all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a lot of stuff with prison nurses. There was a lot of interesting stuff. There's a lot of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap this episode up. Mm-hmm. Remember, we will take... I met a prison nurse at a event I had gone to. I was mm-hmm. hoping she would write some stuff in. We will take any stories you want to write in. Yes. Prison nurses would love to hear from you because I'm sure that would coincide with our things up the ass episode we're going <laughs> to do at some point because prisoners love to shove stuff upstairs so they can get Out into the hospital the mm-hmm. and take a breather from the prison environment. Mm-hmm. So uh, feel free to uh, email us. Yes, and, please. Um, I guess we're going to call that a wrap. I think so. All right. All right. Yep. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.